Hello and welcome to a Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and it's such a joy to have you uh, come along on this journey today. Thank you for downloading today's episode. Thank you if you're a regular listener. Welcome if you're a brand new listener. I hope you'll stick around. Um, and it's not to listen to me. I, I'm not anything special. It's to listen to God's word, which is truth. The scripture says the sum of all God's word, of all your word, is truth. And we want to know the truth, friends, in this world where uh, people try to make up their own truth and, and the world is saying, oh, just do your own thing, go your own way. But Jesus tells us that he is the way the truth, and the life, and he is that living word that was with God in the beginning, and um, they have uh, blessed us, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that one true God has blessed us with a written word, and that's what we're going to study today, and I'm just so excited to dig in this morning with you. I've prayed for you this morning, and um, I've asked God to just draw you closer to Him and to give you more of a hunger and a thirst for time with Him and for His Word and and to know His truth. And um, I trust that He will do that, and I pray that you just continue to seek Him and His righteousness as we read in Matthew 6. All right, so today... Our verse for the day for February the 23rd, 2022, comes from Paul's second letter to Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23, and it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. Oh my, he's getting into our business here, isn't he, today, friends? So we are back in Second um, Timothy. We were in Second Timothy just four days ago, so um, I'm not going to do quite as much background as I did then um, or as I did on the very first time we talked about uh, some of the letters to Timothy, but just enough if you're new to remind you, uh, and just it's a good idea to remind us all where we're, where we're parked today. Um, who was writing, who the recipient was, and that's just always very important. So we have two letters that Paul wrote to Timothy, the Apostle Paul. He was not one of the original uh, 12 apostles He uh, who walked and talked with Jesus and saw um, everything firsthand. Uh, Paul was called uh, to be an apostle after the Lord had been crucified and buried, and then resurrected, and then appeared to many, and he appeared to Paul on the Damascus Road. Paul had been persecuting uh, believers. He was a very zealous Jew, was working his way up uh, in that Jewish hierarchy, Uh, but he had an encounter with Jesus that forever changed his life, and um, God used him mightily um, to write and a large uh, portion of the New Testament scripture that we have today, Um, and it's just such a blessing. But Paul was writing to Timothy, who was his, he called him his true child in the faith. We read that um, 
in First Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. And we read also in Second Timothy, Paul's greeting was in chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus to Timothy, my beloved child. So Timothy had come alongside uh, Paul um, from since he was a young man, and um, his mother was a Jew, his father was a Gentile. <clears throat> but he was, um, he was such a, a close companion and helper uh, to Paul and um we see in uh, this second letter to Timothy, this is when Paul is in prison and um, is fairly certain that he is not going to make it out, that he's going to be martyred soon. And um, he spends um, a big part of this very personal letter to Timothy, just encouraging him to continue on. And he's just like giving these final instructions. Um, it's like he's passing the torch but he wants him to stay strong to guard that good deposit that's been entrusted to him and um so i would encourage you if you haven't had a chance go back and read this uh, the first and uh, second letters of uh, to timothy uh first second and third oh, goodness gracious first and second timothy um as well as titus are considered pastoral letters because paul had written them to the um to the young, to the men who were going to continue to carry on the work that had been started, and so he very much has a pastor's heart, and you can you can uh, sense that as you read these letters. And Paul is reminding Timothy to um, uh, just stay with the truth, as what uh, Tim, um, Paul had passed down to Timothy, and then he's encouraging Timothy to pass this on to other faithful men and trust it to other faithful men as we see in Second Timothy chapter 2 beginning in verse 1 he says you then my child be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also um, so Paul knew because he had been um, he had been doing this for several years he knew that there were those who were going to come in and twist the truth and and kind of get on their own agendas and he had warned in several of his letters about this uh, that there would be those who were trying to do that and we see that all the way through scripture people with their own agenda um <clears throat> And this was apparently a very big problem then, just as it is now. People just doing their own thing, their own agenda, especially in some uh, denominations, some uh, people who call themselves godly, but they're not following what is in the truth of Scripture. Sometimes they don't, may not even... Um, in a message, pick up the Word of God and, and speak about that. It's just what they think. And um, be very wary about that. If if someone is teaching about uh, God and His Word and they just do one little, one little snippet just so they can check the box and say we've uh, put a scripture in there, but they're uh, they don't uh, center everything around Jesus and the Word and the um, then that should be warning, warning, warning signs to you. 
But <clears throat> Paul is is getting ready to spend some time really hammering this point home. And um, leading into our verse for the day, I'm going to back up to Second uh, Timothy chapter two, verse fourteen, um, where Paul is just really hammering this home. And we're going to see that he's going to mention something very similar to the verse that we have. Uh, two additional times in this letter before he gets to our verse for the day. So, Second Timothy chapter two, verse fourteen. It says, "Remind them," and he's talking about. Um, he's just told Timothy to find these faithful men who that he can entrust this teaching to that that he knows will be faithful to pass it on as it's taught and not to put their own spin on it. He said, "Remind them of these things and charge them before God." Not to quarrel about words which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And here's this second, this second warning. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are ex upsetting the faith of some. And then this is our verse that we did a few days ago. But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. And then Paul gives an analogy here in verse 20. Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable, honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. And here's our verse for the day. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to, the not, to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Oh my goodness, there's so much stuff here. So this must have been a really big deal um, in the church uh, where Paul and Timothy had served and where Timothy was at the time. Uh, just like it is now, people just wanting to dispute or quarrel. And so I looked up what it means to quarrel, and that means to contend, to find fault, to actively dispute. So it's just kind of like stirring the pot. <laughs> um, you know, I've heard... Uh, we hear people say, well, I'm going to be the devil, the devil's advocate on this. I'm going to talk about this. And um, I look just as an aside, I was convicted one day. You know, sometimes I like to look at, at all the sides of the story, especially in my line of, of uh, work. And I think it's wise to look at all sides of the story. But uh, that had rolled off my tongue. I'm going to be the devil's advocate. Well, the Holy Spirit convicted me. Um, I should never want to even use that as an uh, as an example or as just a, a figure of speech. We should never want to be the devil's advocate. We could just say, I'm going to look at this from another angle, and that's probably the better way to say it. 
But anyway, there are those that we will come uh, come across who are always wanting to just push the envelope and say, well, maybe they meant this. Maybe God really didn't mean this, or maybe God meant this, or maybe the law means this, or maybe the scripture means this. And um, I think it's very important, and our pastor says this over and over again, where the scripture is silent, so should we be. So we shouldn't be putting in our our two cents worth. We should ask for the Holy Spirit's uh, impression. We should go on, um, if if something is not clear, then go back to what we know is true. And his word is true, and we find the truth there. And if there's fuzzy areas or gray areas that we don't understand, then we say, well, the scripture doesn't speak to this, but we'll ask the Holy Spirit to give us direction based on the whole counsel of scripture about how we should ask. And if we're convicted in our heart about something, um, that something may not be right, well, then we don't go down that road. The Holy Spirit will lead us in um, righteousness. He'll lead us in the direction that we should go. And do you know who is going to just constantly oppose that? That is uh, Satan, the adversary, the accuser. And um, we see a, a prime example of this way back in the beginning of Genesis um, in the garden. You know, we talked about that a little bit yesterday, how um, I, I feel like God um, longs for that relationship when he can walk for, with us in the and talk with us and have that close relationship like we talked about in yesterday's episode. But it's very interesting when we read um, in today's passage about not quarreling about words, um, uh, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels or those disputes. I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time getting my words out this this evening. Um, but it's very uh, reminiscent of what happened in the Garden of Eden when um, the devil came to Eve and questioned or put that doubt in her mind about what God had said. Um, and so let's back up to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, and it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree in the garden. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So he had just told him in verse 16, you may surely eat of every tree in the garden but of but one. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. Well, when the devil, when Satan the serpent uh, tried to, uh, who was very crafty, it says in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, um, it says, uh, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Well, right there, he turned it around. He, The Lord had said, you may surely eat of every tree but one. But what does Satan say? Did, the, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree? See how he does? He's sneaky. He gets in there and he turns those words around and then there's a question and then there's a dispute and then there's a controversy about, well, what did God really say? Um, and we know that she went on and and fell for his lies and his deception and, um, and that was the first sin to uh, disobey what the Lord had said and, and she believed someone else instead of God. 
And oh, friend, isn't that a lesson for us? How are we supposed to know when when the devil twists uh, scriptures um, and causes people to just pick out certain scriptures and twist them to what they want them to say? If we are not in his word and studying his word and meditating on his word and hiding his word in our heart, you know, um, when we look um, even back in First Timothy, uh, so, you know, the letter we're in today is Second Timothy. That was Paul's second letter to Timothy just before Paul was getting ready to be martyred. But his first letter to Timothy, um, he was encouraging him as he was um, uh, picking elders or choosing elders that would be able to stay uh, true to the gospel and to teach that gospel. And we see in First Tim- First Timothy chapter 6, Beginning in verse 3, we read Paul write to Timothy, If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. And then over in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 20, uh, Paul, uh, I just love this exhortation. He says, O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. That deposit is the gospel, the truth of the gospel. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge, for by professing it some have swerved from the faith grace be with you and that's what happened and we we see this in our world today um and unfortunately some universities are some of the worst uh, people go and they say oh we're going to look at all these different viewpoints well friend the truth is found in god's word and if you start straying from that and questioning about it and i, I mean questioning the truth of it um, and trying to find a way around it, um, that's trouble. That's trouble. And, um, some will argue, well, then, um, you must be very, very narrow minded. And then if I'll say back to that, praise the Lord, because we read in Matthew's gospel, chapter seven, uh, beginning in verse 13, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. So um, it is hard. It is a narrow way to cling to this truth and believe in the truth. But um, in so doing, we avoid these foolish controversies and and avoid um swerving from the faith and that is truly a very dangerous thing we also read in the other pastoral letter um that paul wrote to titus um in titus chapter 3 verse 9 he's he's reminding titus he says uh, but avoid foolish controversies are you hearing this repeating theme here genealogies dissensions and quarrels about the law or disputes about the law for they are unprofitable and worthless. And so the one of the reasons that we don't have to do a lot of disputing about that is because Jesus is taking care of that. Now that, G, now that we are on this side of the cross, 
Jesus has taken care of all of that, and he's the end of the law for righteousness for all of those who will believe. And so that is just such a blessing, and um, it troubles me greatly when people will um, will quarrel about um, matters that don't have to do with um, our salvation, or they quarrel about parts of Scripture to just to see how they can get around it or how they can get their way. <clears throat> and that's not of God, my friends. So looking back over um, this passage leading up to our verse for the day, there were three distinct warnings, and it all has to do with with our speech, with our words, with what we engage in as far as do we engage in certain debates and arguments and that sort of thing. And if we look at 2 Timothy 2, uh, verse 14, um Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words. And why? It's because it does no good but only ruins the hearers. And then in 16, avoid irreverent babble for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Our actions and the things that we engage in affect our hearers. And that that's very important to remember. And then in our verse for the day, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know, they only breed quarrels. So how can we, who are believers um, and who want to honor Christ, how can we navigate this, navigate this very contentious world that is full of irreverent babble and foolish controversies and arguments and all sorts of things like that. Well, I think, of course, we have to have the help of the Holy Spirit, um, and we um, we have to have God's help to do that, to be um, the example that He wants us to be. Um, if we look in uh, Psalm, this Psalm 141, uh, verse 3, and this is something I pray a lot, um, and I probably need to pray it more. But um, it says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart incline to any evil, to busy myself with wicked deeds in company with men who work iniquity, and let me, not me eat of their delicacies. Um, and so sometimes we just have to ha ask the Lord to put that guard over our mouth and keep watch over the door of our lips. But then there are going to be some times when we're going to need to speak the truth. And we see in John chapter 16 where the Lord was, the Lord Jesus was talking about when he was sending the Holy Spirit. And um, I love this description of the Holy Spirit in uh, verse 13 of chapter 16 of John. It says, when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you so that holy spirit is going to uh, declare it to us all that the father has is mine Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine, which comes from the Father, and declare it to you. And that's such a blessing, friends, because we've talked about this on other episodes about how um, we believers have God's Holy Spirit residing in us. And I just want to remind you, friends, to uh, the way we're going to know this truth, the way the Holy Spirit's going to bring it to our mind is to 
read God's Word, to study God's Word, to live God's Word, and then to share God's Word. And often that will be sometimes the only way that people hear the truth is if we share it with them. Um, but I want to close right here um, in this little section in Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 8, that is also a wonderful way. We don't have to be stuck on all this irreverent babble and all the controversies going on in the world. We need to be in God's truth and in these things that um, Paul talks about to the Philippians uh, in chapter 4, verse 8. It says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have heard and received, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Blessings to you, friends. Until next time.